As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey guys, it's Ashley, it's Lauren, and Naz, and today we have a podcast that I cannot believe we have not done yet. Uh, you guys know that we love like fertility podcasts, like female issues podcasts, bodily things, but we've never done anything about sperm donors and the people who use them. So today, first we're going to have a sperm donor on, and then we're going to have uh, two women who are, well, two separate women who are using sperm donors for separate reasons. And then we're going to have somebody who found out that they were, um, they are a baby of, of they a are sperm the, donor. Yes. And she went into her 20s before realizing that her dad's sperm was not the sperm that created her. So oh, very interesting juicy. stuff. So let's get our sperm donor on the line. Everybody today is going to be remaining anonymous. All right, here we go. I'm super excited for this because I, I really am, am not well-versed in this world at all. Um. So yeah, can't wait to can't wait to find out more about all of this. All right, we're connecting. Hello, Hello. Hello. you're so cute, <laughs> <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> Lauren's like, I'd like to buy some sperm. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so we're keeping you anonymous. So just hello, anonymous. Hello. It is nice to meet you. If yeah, if, if, as if it wasn't obvious, like this guy's got a great face. Uh, so that kind of naturally brings us to the conversation. Does the do the people who use your sperm to create children mm-hmm. um, <laughs> do they get to see a photo of you first, or is yeah. that totally anonymous? No, they do get to see a photo of you, and you know, I imagine every. The sperm bank does it a little bit different, but at least the one that I can speak to, you do sub- uh, submit pictures and you submit recent photos as well as kind of childhood photos. So they have an idea of what you looked as a baby, as a toddler, uh, you know, the more the better in terms of what the sperm bank is looking for. But they, they have an idea of what you're looking for, what you look at or what you look. That's interesting because at first we were, Lauren and I were confused. We were, Lauren, remember <laughs> when we were talking to Ashley about it, because I think in some instances you just... You get to go through, I'm assuming you people go through a binder and it just lists out the characteristics. There's no picture yeah. on the actual like page or bio or whatever you call it. Yeah. And again, I remember seeing if I could like find myself on the website essentially, because maybe they do have a printed thing that you look through or whatnot, but there was a thing online and I wanted to see, you know, what the process looks like. And it was essentially, um, it doesn't show a picture. It just shows like height, weight. Uh, hair color, eye color, skin color, um, 
I think that was about it. And then if you were interested, you could pay like 50 bucks to see more of that person. And there was some mm-hmm. pack. It was, it was like a basic or a premium and you pay more based on that. And I guess you just keep whittling it down. It's probably fairly expensive in terms of like whittling down, you know, from a hundred people, then you'd see what they look like, whittle it down to five people and then pick somebody. I don't know. So what brought you to donating your sperm? I think is a question that we all have. Yeah. So I had never really heard about it or thought about it. Uh, but when I went to college, there was a place nearby. Um, it was like quick enough. You could just go between class or something. It was like five minutes away. Uh, I think, I think that's probably the best place for sperm banks to set up is right near a college campus. Um, but there's some <laughs> guys you're going to be masturbating anyway, right? You might <laughs> yeah. get paid. <laughs> yeah. so you might as well make money for it. Yeah. Um, but there were some guys in my fraternity that did it. And so, uh, they kind of talked to me about it and it, it seemed, you know, not only a, a good way to make money while through college, but you're helping some people as well. And so, um, right. and I didn't really have a problem with it. I talked to my parents. They didn't think it was weird. Um, so yeah. Hmm. So how, um, how much money? How much money? <laughs> it's, I think, uh, if it's still the same, it's like a hundred dollars per time. Okay. So what does that you, mean? for a hundred dollars are saying there will be a child, there could be a child in the world yeah. um, that with my, with my DNA and I may never get to know them. Like how bizarre is it? Like, and I'm sorry if to use that word, but no, like it, that it there are weird. kids, that you have kids yeah. walking <laughs> around on this earth yep. and so um, you'll never even, you don't, well, actually, do you know when somebody selects and gets pregnant with your sperm? So they they do have some sort of reporting system where the women are they don't have to but they can report back to the bank about if it worked and it, you know a kid is born now. And so I'm able to ask for an update of how many births do you know about. Um so you know as often as I ask. I haven't asked in a long time. I've kind of like uh distanced myself from it a little bit which we can talk about but um so you can you can kind of ask and they they can tell you who's reported back basically. Um, but wait, so they can use it as many times as I, I'm still so confused. Obvi- obviously, there's you know a, a volume limit, <laughs> or however you want to <laughs> say it, of how many times they can use it. Um, but yeah, but and how many times have you gone to the bank? Oh, I don't know. You could you could go a couple times a week if you wanted. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. Because in my head, I was like. And I know $100 is a lot of money to a lot of people, but in my head, just thinking of like how there could be, you know, yeah. there are, you know, people out there walking around because of your sperm, yeah. I would think that the number would actually be much higher. But when you say it like that, that makes sense. If you go a couple times a week, you're making, you could be making three to $500 a week. Yeah, you could be. Yeah. By donating sperm. Yeah. yeah that makes a lot of, that makes a lot of sense, especially for like a college kid. You're like, ah, mm-hmm. you know, what? I'd like an extra hundred bucks. I'm just yeah. going to go. Whack off in a in a so, vile. Speaking yeah, exactly. of being in college, I feel like you know you do a lot of drugs, or I don't know. Some people do drugs. <laughs> I don't know. Like people are smoking weed, they're yeah. drinking a lot. Absolutely, like, <laughs> especially in yeah. Florida where I went to school. Do, you, do they like test you for drugs before they accept your sperm? Um, I feel like that would. I don't think they did a yeah. drug test, but I will say. So in in college, I was I was pretty against drugs, so I didn't really do anything. Okay, but I do know they always did say like. Uh, weed hurts your sperm count and whatnot. So yeah. the people who smoked a lot weren't able to come as often or they um, just... They, Is that proven? I don't know. I mean, I guess they would be the the experts at it. They're the ones testing a, a bunch of people. And so they probably, a lot of times you could tell who's the people smoking a lot. But um, 
So, so I don't know. So yeah, you didn't have a drug test, but it did affect your performance or whatever you want to call it. But there were other tests they did. So you do, uh, it takes like six months to, to kind of finally be approved and get, get the first paycheck. So there's a genetic test where they're kind of looking for markers of, um, heart disease issues or, or cancer or stuff like that. Uh, you have like a whole family fill out of extended family, any, why they've died, if they died young, all that sort of stuff. A lot of heart issues will disqualify you. Um, maybe they actually did. What do- about mental health stuff? Well, so, I mean, I guess it's tough. I would say I'm kind of like, I think the sperm donor industry is a little shady sometimes where I remember mm-hmm. reading a story and it was something about this person filled out their profile and the profile looked awesome. They were like a PhD student uh, for neuroscience. They were supposedly the drummer of a big rock band, uh, un- not named, but supposedly a big <laughs> rock band and all this stuff. And then somehow maybe the moms found out who it was or whatever it was. Turned out he was like an un- unemployed schizophrenic guy. Um <gasps> And so, I mean, now, like, that's the genes of the kids that these moms had. Oh, and no. they thought they thought they were getting this, like, all-star, you know, like this real uh, mm. gem. And so, and I imagine the sperm bank probably knew what he was writing wasn't exactly true. Um, but they didn't really care. I don't know. Last night, I was sleeping soundly, as I usually do. And I can sleep for days and days and days. And I turned over and I looked at Hunter. <laughs> He was playing Best Fiends. I went back to bed. I fell asleep for another hour. I woke up. He's playing Best Fiends. Jeez. Guess what, guys? He played Best Fiends until 6 a.m. No, he did not. I swear on my life. No, on your life. Yes. Stop. He got Stop. So, he gets so addicted now. And that's just like a testament to how fun the game what is. What level is he at? I don't know what level he's at, but like I can't it's hard gonna be hard for me to catch up to him for playing for six straight hours. But it's very fun. <laughs> it's it's a distraction from social media. He gets like really into it, and I totally understand why. I've got to say that I love Best Fiends because like it makes me think way harder than social media does. So you know, if I'm in a waiting room or I don't know, just waiting around, uh, I pull up Best Fiends instead of Instagram, so I don't have to. Do, like I just, you know, I just I need the synapses to fire. Synapses are firing, right? I agree. And it's free to download. And the characters are just so cute. Like, it really is just so much fun to play. And it's a better way to spend your time, I think, than just, like, mindlessly scrolling. Like, this is literally a five-star rated um, mobile puzzle game, guys. So, must play. There's so many levels, events, challenges that they add all the time. So, it's always different. You can play away. And there's always one more level in Hunter's case till 6 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely insane. With over 100 million downloads. Like, honestly, guys, once you download Best Fiends, boredom, like, just doesn't stand a chance. There are 5,000 levels and counting. You could literally play till 6 in the morning if your heart desires. You will never be bored. And honestly, when I play, I'm, I, if I play like a lot, the levels get easier because your brain's like getting used to like the way you have to win. I know it's confusing if you haven't downloaded it, but I think you should download it. And the more you play, the better you get. And then you'll beat your friends. What level are you on? Um, I think like 110 or something. Yeah. It's pretty good. I mean... <laughs> I'm not even like a puzzle game app person, but I am like at 101 now and I feel really good about myself. Well, download (laughs) Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Give it a try. 
So have you, I know that you like didn't keep track of how many visits you took and you said that you could check in to see how many women you got pregnant with your sperm. Um, do you, would you be open to telling us about how many kids you you, you think are out there? Yeah, I can say, de- it, I definitely have in the double digits. Okay. And you kind of referred to earlier, you were like, uh, it's bizarre, sorry to say that word, but I mean, that's how I've always described it. Not bizarre, I say weird, but same thing too girlfriends and stuff like that because it is weird um and i wouldn't say i necessarily fully thought about how like a future girlfriend would think about it when i was doing it um but luckily not every not everybody has a problem with it some people are cool with it some people haven't been it is what it is right i feel like when you you talk about egg donors it's like such a more invasive Mm -hmm. thing to take an egg from someone so i guess like that's (laughs) why there's less egg donors and also men are probably thinking like I don't know, more in the moment when we're probably thinking like, oh, that's a child that could have come literally from my body. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like there's a double standard kind of an egg donation yeah. and sperm donation. De- yeah, definitely the, the process of making a kid is a lot more intimate for a woman, I guess. So you guys think about it a little differently. And I know, yeah. you know, I dated one girl. Uh, this was back when, when I had started. So there were no kids born. Uh, I found out that there was a kid born and we had been dating for a while. So I told her about it. And she had a big problem with it, even though she knew I was donating. And I was like, well, what? Oh, I was wow. like, what did you think happened? They just keep it and like they don't do anything with it. So yeah. um, we ended up uh, breaking up because of it. Um, no way. And so and, and her reasoning, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I never really thought about it because I don't see them as my as my kids. You know, I'm distanced from them. I don't like get them birthday presents. I'm not, you know, talking to them, stuff like that. You don't even know them or, or the well, mom. I, right? I know some of them. I can dive into that, but essentially, but she was basically saying how it made her feel. And she was saying, you know, I imagine us getting married and having kids. And when I see you playing, when I imagine seeing you playing with one of our kids that like for both of us, that's our only kid. And Mm -hmm. so in like my mind, the kids that are born, they aren't, they're my genes, but they're not really my kids, but to her genes, Mm -hmm. genes and kid were kind of the same thing. Right. So, so tell us more about how you how you just said that you do know some of them. Yeah. So, um, you know, you can kind of be as open or closed off as you want about it. It used to be, I imagine all sperm banks are this way now, but it used to be that you could be anonymous or you could be uh, open is what they would call it. And so anonymous was they never get to know who you are or anything like that. Um, with open, it was supposedly that at 18, when the kid turns 18, they would get information about you and potentially be able to reach out to you, I guess. Um, so like an adoption, like kind of like an open adoption. Um, is it open adoption where they still know who the parents are that gave up the kid or something? Um, well, an open adoption, I, I guess maybe no, it's a horrible that's like comparison. When they vi- that's like when they visit. Like, that's when they get to visit. Like, yeah. um, so I guess like, at, I guess any adopted child at the age of 18 is allowed to go do it, discovery. Yeah. 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 And so, but the thing is now with all this like 23 and me, what the sperm banks have realized is there's really no such thing as anonymous anymore. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, all of a sudden it just pops up like this person is either your kid or your parent. And you're like, well, obviously that's the sperm donor. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's all open now. And so you can kind of be as open as you want. And so initially, you know, I really, uh, the, the further it went on, the more I realized how much I was kind of helping people and uh, how appreciative they were of it. And so I kind of leaned into that in terms of, you know, I was, the moms had my email to where they could email me if they had questions or, you know, mm-hmm. there's all these things as a, as a new mom that you're kind of wondering like, oh, they're, you know, they're not talking yet and they're 
one, whatever the age is that you should start talking. Did did the dad, you know, did he talk late? Should this should I be worried about this? Whatever. So they can always email me. And most of the times I'd have to send the question to my mom because I don't know. Um, <laughs> wow, yeah. this is so interesting. But so interesting. I've, I've kind of pulled away from it now just because more so talking to girls that I've been dating, but also thinking about just possibly the slippery slope in terms of, you know, maybe they're not sure of how involved I'd like to be. I'd like to, to not really be involved. Um, I'm there for questions and whatnot, but I don't want them to build up hope in the kid's mind that like, oh, once you're old enough to hop on a plane, you can go visit him or, you know, and I don't yeah, know if that'll yeah. happen, but with the amount of kids, there's the chance that somebody does that. And then I'm in this yeah. real weird position. That could be a lot for you yeah. for sure. Emotionally. Yeah. Have you, have you met any of the kids in real life or just kind of talk to their moms? Yeah. I had met, um, two or three of them. So that was interesting. Yeah. Is that cool for you? Yeah. Do they look like you? Um, some of them we've seen like baby pictures and my mom will say like, Oh, that looks just like you when you were a baby. Um, <laughs> wow. for me, it's harder to see it. Um, but they're also international. So some are in England, some are in Australia, some are in America, some are in Canada. So I think the coolest yeah. part is I met one that was international, a British kid. And he had like a, so he had cool. a sweet, a sweet accent. And I was like, man, <laughs> I was like, this is I mean, horrible. Yeah. I was like, this is awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. And he's, I think it's also, Oh, I was going to say, and he's like, you know, one and a half. He doesn't know what's going on. But obviously the, the yeah. moms were really appreciative of getting to meet me. And because they build up their idea of who I am based on pictures. And you write you write up like a little bio and kind of a message to the parents and stuff. Um, so they appreciate meeting me and finding out that I am what was on paper and stuff like that. So it, it's pretty cool from that perspective. What's, I think it's also really cool that your mom is so cool about it. Yeah. Like you're, you're like forwarding emails to your mother yeah. about yeah. donate. Like that's really huge. I feel like that's also really important um, when I think about like myself and my family. I don't know if it's something that my family would be thrilled about. Yeah. So I would love to hear more about like that conversation you had with your mom about it and, and how she felt. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. So my mom, uh, I would say my mom with all of me and my siblings, we have a unique relationship where it, we're just like so open and uh, just not a lot of worries and stuff like that. Like we, we tell each other everything to the point I remember in college, my friends would hear me talking to my mom and they were like, I can't believe the shit you tell your mom. I'm like, what? <laughs> this is like, I was like, well, I mean, she doesn't care. She thinks it's funny, whatever. So, I mean, when I told her, she was like, oh yeah, go for it. She's like, I used to consider being an egg donor, but you know, it's not. Yeah it's not as fun for a woman. So it's kind of, you're disincentivized to do that. But, um, so she was totally cool with it. Not, didn't really blink an eye about it. It wasn't anything I had to convince her about or anything like that. I just want to know how old are you now? Like how long has it been since your first donation? Uh, around a decade, I guess. Mm. Um, what has been the main reason that you found from the couples or the women that you know who have used your sperm that they decided to go with sperm donation? So, and this is just from kind of what I can tell from the ones that I've talked to or know of, it kind of seems like, uh, maybe 50% of the women are single moms, maybe 40% Mm -hmm. are, um, lesbian couples and 10% are, uh, male, female couples that the man just can't, uh, his sperm is sterile or whatever. So mm-hmm. a lot of them, it's a lot of them have said, you know, some of them have given me kind of their story of how they got to it. And 
they're like, yeah, and you know, and now I'm 38. And uh, this is kind of when they first reached out to me and they're saying like, thank you, basically. And they're like, you know, and I was looking for Mr. Right. And um, I thought I'd find him. And then at age 38, I still hadn't found him. And, you know, I realized I didn't really have a lot of years left. And so uh, I went with you and like, thank you so much for, for giving me this little angel or and, and whatever oh so yeah oh i just got just, chill I know. No. Just based, really this, yeah. Con- this 20 minute conversation we've had so far i'd be like i would totally choose you <laughs> yeah, if i was in that you situation such a nice yeah. speaking voice yeah it's, yeah it's no wonder your your sperm is so popular <laughs> what's the word i'm looking for popular demand yeah. 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 So, so i don't know if you guys have watched the casey musgraves christmas special um i it came out last year but i've been watching it again this year just to like get me out of my holiday slump but she sings this song called um christmas always makes me cry or like those are the words in it mm. and i never related to a song more and i don't know what it is about just the holidays and just I totally get like more down around the holiday season. So if you're like me and you are the same way or you're experiencing anything else that you might need to talk to someone about, li- whether just it's depression. to the new album, new Taylor Swift album, and you're feeling a little emotional and you need a little extra help, there's also better help. And <laughs> I'm also just saying... <laughs> yeah, Lauren perfect. means like if it's regurgitating feelings of Duh, the... Pe- yeah. yeah. And there is also, Naz, to your point of Christmas depression, there is a song called Tis the Damn Season on taylor swift's Wait, album really yeah, so good that's oh one of my, my favorites well uh, uh it's only been out for a number of hours so i haven't yet heard that one i need the right moment for it but whether something is interfering with your happiness um if you're dealing with depression stress anxiety sleeping issues trauma anger family conflicts lgbt matters grief self-esteem they have a licensed professional counselor who's specialized in all that stuff and the service is worldwide um convenient it's affordable it's professional it's not a crisis hotline though guys so should know, know that um yeah so many people have been using better help um that they're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states and i think that you guys are using them a lot too because we are constantly here talking about it and we're so glad that you guys are seeking help and if you haven't yet and you feel like you need it you want to start living a happy, happier life today as a listener of the I Don't Get It podcast, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash get it. So join over 1 million people in taking charge of their mental health. Again, that is betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash get it. Um, um, I, have, I have one question with like the actual process of yep. donating. So say like you give like one, I don't want to say load, but one donation and it doesn't work for that one woman who wants it. Do they contact you? Like, could you do another one? Yeah. So it's not, um, it's not so much like a one-to-one relationship and each donation goes to like one woman, I believe. And I don't, I don't know too much, but I think like each donation can possibly be split up depending on how much can be split up into multiple, um, in vitro Mm. sessions. And, oh, um, okay. and like up to how many, cause I I, I'm just obviously thinking in egg terms, yeah. right? It's like, how many eggs do you have? So for you, what, what is that equivalent? I think, I think it can be anywhere from, I think for it to be, um, to be valid or whatever for them to accept it, it needs to go to between like two to six donation or in vitro sessions basically. So they can get a lot out mm-hmm. of one donation in that way, but the failure rate is mm-hmm. pretty low or pretty high from what I understand. So, um, Wow. When a woman goes to a sperm bank from the people I've talked to, they don't just go in and buy one sort of 
session, mm-hmm. they buy like 10, okay. 10 units or something like that. And they basically, okay. if the first one fails, they go in and do the second one and the third one. And so some people, they plan on, uh, they're like, they know they want three kids all from the same donor. So they'll go buy 10 mm-hmm. and hope that that, that that works. How much are those that's for women? Saying, yeah. That's, that's, that's what I have no idea what that side of it looks like. Um, I know it's not. Mm-hmm. I, we'll ask our others. Yeah, I, I don't know. We need to get that number because if you're getting paid a hundred bucks and that shit's o- well, over a grand, I'm going to have a commitment. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what, I mean, there's going to be a lot of, and it's not even just what the price of that unit is because like I said before, they have to go online and they're seeing, you know, they're no picture, just very basic stuff. And then they have to pay some money mm-hmm. to see more about that profile. Yeah. And they have to do that yeah, for a bunch yeah. of people. Then they have to buy the actual units. And then I think the actual procedure of IVF is maybe where a lot of the cost like comes as well. 20 grand. Well, something. so a lot of these people will be using IUI, which is UI? different. Okay. But we'll have our other uh, our other guests talk about that. Because IVF is more of like when you take the egg and the sperm in the Petri dish, you put it together, make the embryo there, and then you put the embryo up. Yeah. Um, and then with IUI, it's a lot easier and a lot cheaper because that's cool. taking a vial of the sperm and not to like, cool. sorry for the layman's terms, it, but yeah, yeah. kind of like using the turkey baster and putting yeah. it up there. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And, right? and I will say, yeah. the um, yeah. so I think some, some of the people still do IVF because I know um, some of them have said, you know, they were old, they were too old to where their eggs weren't good anymore. So there's actually some of them, what they did is they found an egg, do- this would be very expensive, mm. but they found an egg donor and a sperm donor had that IVF. And then, and then some of them either have a surrogate or they carry it themselves. So it's like this whole hmm. like you got a lot of people wow. involved. Wow! Yeah. Now that now that's interesting to me because why wouldn't you just adopt at that point if they're I, both not going to be your biological yeah. kids and you may not carry it? Then that's that's like yeah, oof, that that's one, a lot of work. I guess that one's probably the rarest. I guess you're going through it because you want it to look a certain way. Yeah, yeah. I would assume maybe that has a lot of oh. effort. I guess like the only difference I can think of is in adoption. You know, you miss out on. Uh, whatever years have passed since like the kid was born, you know, if you adopt a three-year-old, you know, you never know what it's like to have a one-year-old kind of thing. So maybe there's some, some draw in terms of you want, you want the baby from birth mm-hmm. and see the whole thing. Why do you think that you are so enticing on paper? Or do you think that like many sperm donors have the popularity that you do? Um, <laughs> I know it says popularity, yeah. but it seems like if you have double digits that like a lot of women are choosing to use you. So I definitely am more popular than that average. Um, I know they had to, I think they stopped selling me because you can only like, there's some laws around, you know, how many units you can sell from one person and stuff. Cause they don't want, you know, a Genghis Khan basically. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, because they could like repopulate, and they don't even know where they're from. Yeah, yeah they don't. Oh. They share the same dad, and the moms don't the want that dad. either. You know, the, I think yeah. the, you want you want to imagine that your kid is one of like the few from this donor. You don't want you know a thousand other ones running around. It's kind of overwhelming in that sense, maybe. Um, that is something I've never thought yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But I mean, <clears throat> from what I've heard, I think I get past the initial stages because. I'm taller, I'm in shape and stuff like that. And then my pictures look pretty good. Um, but then what a lot of moms say, you know, then you end up kind of with the, t- the typical woman's probably going to end up with like three or four attractive guys that, you know, have some sort of background where they're intelligent and whatnot. Um, and then they, at least to this firm bank, they would read a, a paper or something that we wrote up basically. And I know a lot of guys just kind of BS'd it. Um, they didn't really care what was in the paper i remember taking a lot of time and really 
it was kind of like part of it was written to the mom and part of it was written to the kid. Um, and so the moms always say like, once they read the paper, they're like, yeah, done deal. So. Aww. Oh, what That's a magical so sperm donor you are. <laughs> is, there an, is there an IQ test? Um, I don't think we did an IQ test, actually. I don't know if there was any sort of test of intelligence. Um, if you were in college, I guess, which a lot of them are, then they see what college. I imagine they see what college you're in, maybe. And mm-hmm. so they, they kind of get an idea from that. But um, I don't think there was any sort of IQ test or anything. Has your sperm contributed to bringing a woman into the world? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got boys and girls. Is that what you mean? Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've just heard you say like boys. And no. <laughs> like when we've been talking I about I it, always you're think like of, the guys, I've seen guys. I yeah. guess I always just think so in I terms of boys. But yeah, yeah. It's I think yeah. I have I think I have minorly more girls than boys. I guess that makes Interesting, sense. That's a good question now, since the sex comes from the male and maybe yeah. he had a more dominant um yeah. Y um X chromosome, yeah. Cause now I'm thinking, what <laughs> what if what if like a guy that you've helped bring into the world meets a woman that you've helped bring into the world and they fall in love one and day. I think th- Have you ever thought of I that? I think that's why they try to enforce the, the limits on how many you can sell partially so that you you keep the percentage likelihood of that happening very, very low. But I mean, yeah, I've, I've thought about it like, oh, wow, that would be really weird. Hopefully that doesn't happen. And in some places, um, it's kind of nice. Like viewing from afar, a lot of the moms will connect because they... Um, while they maybe aren't supposed to have my information until they're 18 or until the kid is 18, the moms can know who each other are if they would like to. And so a lot of times the ones that live in the same area hang out and they're basically hanging out with like their half sibling. They call them diblings, donor siblings, but. Wow. Diblings. Um, I wanted to also ask you just based off like the conversation that we've had, you said you've distanced yourself. So looking back on it, you know, if you were to, to be able to talk to your college self, yeah. would you have done this? Yeah, I would definitely do it again. Um, I mean, I'm really, I mean, the messages I get from the moms, it's pretty, uh, I mean, it's just life-changing for them. And they're just just so appreciative of it. And they finally, you know, I think they've been hoping for a kid for decades and they finally get it. And I made that happen. So um, I would, I think maybe I was a little, little bit more involved initially in terms of uh, how much they were able to reach out to me and stuff. I think I would have limited that a little bit more um, up front. That's about it. All right. Well, you have provided so much insight into this yeah. and done it so articulately. And we really, really appreciate you being with us. Yeah, I appreciate uh, bringing me on here. This was fun. Thank, Thank you. you. And I may be hitting you up for <laughs> I, I see, I, Oh, I was going to say, can we set you up with some friends? <laughs> okay. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye. Naz, you want his sperm? You're, I mean, maybe in 10 years, you know, when I'm 30. No, I think we're no, talking, talking about, you about dating him. him. No. Oh, is he single? I don't know. I'm about to ask. <laughs> um, no, what a cutie nah. pants. Okay, well. Wait, uh, uh, just out of curiosity, Naz, how would you feel? Would you feel weird if you dated someone who donated sperm? I think... I think it's easy to fall in the mindset of like, no, I want like my child with this person to just be our child. And I think if you feel that way, it's completely valid. It totally makes sense. This is kind of weird and bizarre. But when I think of just like the gift that that person is giving to all these, you know, people who can't and and just thinking how long I've been single, like that would be so life-changing, you know, for me to be able to be a mom one day because of people like him. 
There are so many subscription boxes out there, but a lot of them like collect a lot of themes into one box. And sometimes I'm like, okay, like I'm interested in that stuff, but not interested in that stuff, which is why I love CrateJoy, where there are thousands of subscription boxes and they have so many specific interests. Okay, CrateJoy. It's the world's first and only subscription box marketplace. So there's unique boxes, gifts for anyone you can imagine, and you can choose a subscription length so you're not locked into anything. You guys know that there is a um there's a box for your period. Incredible. Yeah, isn't that cool? So it's like got a lot of chocolate. I think it maybe has some panties in there. There's actually like a variety of different boxes you can get for your period. So period is a theme. I'm ordering that ASAP for myself (laughs) every month, every 28 days. And also, some of the boxes that I love are the alcoholic ones because you can catch up on your favorite reality TV with like the beer, wine, and champagne boxes. They also have like a stellar spawn skincare kit so you can put your best face forward. And they have top picks for your next self-care Sunday. I watch Insecure and like... Issa Rae's always, Issa's character is always about like self-care Sunday. So now all my Sundays are self-care Sunday. <laughs> and now I'm going to add this period box too. But I just love Crate Joy in general because it is a holiday season. We're all buying gifts. And you know how you just have those people in your life that are like impossible mm-hmm, to buy gifts mm-hmm. for? You're just like, I don't know what to get this person. They either have everything, are never satisfied, or you just like are out of ideas because you've already bought them like everything in the past. Get them a Crate Joy subscription box. Like Ashley said, you can, you can actually manage the amount of time so you're not locked in and paying for somebody's thing for a year. You know, you can pay it for a couple months. And I just think it's a great, great holiday gift. And they have holiday specials going on right now. Well, what's really exciting is that you don't have to, like, they get Christmas multiple times a year since, you know, they're going to get multiple boxes. And there's still time to find that perfect gift for everyone on your list. Shop thousands of subscription boxes all in one place and get 30% off your first box when you sign up at CrateJoy.com slash get it. That's right. Sign up today at CrateJoy.com slash get it to get 30% off your first box and shop Crate Joy's holiday specials. Crate Joy, get joy delivered right to your door. All right, guys, we have our next guest on the line now. And um, she and her husband are currently pregnant with um, some... With the with a sperm donor's sperm. So welcome our next guest. Hello, Anonymous. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys? Very good. Good. So can, very, very good. Excited to have you on. Yeah. So can you explain to us why you guys had to go with the sperm donor instead of using your husband's sperm? Yes. Um, when my husband was 17 years old, he was in a four-wheeler accident. And so he is a paraplegic. He's paralyzed from about below the rib cage down. Mm-hmm. And um, when I met him, um, we always knew that it was a possibility that we may not be able to use his sperm and that we might have to do donor or that infertility might be an issue. Um, we dealt with insurance and Medicare for about three and a half years, fighting them just to be able to get my husband tested to see if they could extract any sperm or do the electro ejaculation to be able to have us do IUI with his sperm. And once we were done dealing with them and got it figured out, um, we found out that that was not going to be a possibility for us. So our options were to have them go in and 
do a procedure to extract his sperm, and then we would have to do IVF. Or we could use a donor and do IUI, and we chose the donor route just because of cost, and we didn't know if we wanted to pay that much money just for a chance with IVF, and that would be more invasive for me. So we mm-hmm. went with um, the donor IUI first to give that a try. Just and to get a little scientific. Time. Oh, amazing. Mm. Congratulations. Uh, just to get a little, a little, a little scientific here. So IUI... Um, is not invasive for the woman. You take the sperm, you, for lack of a better term, inject it up there. But with IVF, Mm -hmm. it is way more of a process, way more expensive. We kind of touched on this earlier in the episode, but with IVF, you need to harvest the eggs, correct? And then in the Petri dish, you create the embryo and then you send it up there and hope that it implants, but it oftentimes doesn't. Right, and there's a lot of genetic testing that goes on and a period of time where they have to freeze the egg and all of that is additional cost. So that's why we went with the IUI because the cost was the procedure and then, of course, the vials for the sperm. Okay, so how did you pick the sperm donor? Did you look through the book? And like, Can you tell us like the pricing for buying someone's sperm? Yes. So there are a lot of online options. Um, Our doctor gave us a few sites that he preferred and recommended that their office had worked with before. And so we found a website that we liked. It was easy to use and search. It had um, better descriptions. It just was more user-friendly. And so we kind of just went in and put in, like, some of my husband's characteristic traits. So we did brown hair, blue eyes, um, his height, and it really gives you a ton of information that I didn't think we would get. There's a lot of family history. Um, You can read their hobbies, their career, education. Um, There's an interview portion that you can read and listen to. They answer questions about their childhood, why they chose to be a donor. So it was really great that we had all of that information before picking one. Um, they, the site that we use, they varied in price range, which I found interesting that they weren't all the same cost, but it was pretty much between $850 a vial up to $2,000 a vial. So was that dependent on site or like the attractiveness of the sperm? (laughs) We're not entirely sure because it doesn't quite tell you. Um, I think that based off of like, education or I know like the vials that we chose this donor was very limited on the amount of vials that he gave um so it was more expensive because like our doctor told us to get between three and five vials to have that many chances but also then if it works you can keep those vials to then try again and your the siblings your kids would all have the same genetics and you wouldn't have to use a new donor So I know sometimes if there's a limited supply, the cost kind of goes up as well. That actually makes sense Mm -hmm. because at first I was like, that's so weird that there'd be such a difference. But if you could potentially get more children, you know, with the same from the same vials and then it would make sense as to why it'd be more Mm -hmm. expensive. Naz, it's funny because you were earlier talking about, you're like, if you get a hundred, so we're just talking to a sperm donor and he said that he got about a hundred dollars per donation. But of course you guys, they jack up the price like 
like, how many hundred percent? Yeah. yeah, like the, yeah. talk about supply and demand and that type right. of yeah, yeah. That's well. I, to be honest, I yeah. thought it would be way more because it's not like when you think of. I mean, I guess the price is being jacked up by what, like seven to eight hundred yeah. at the minimum. Yeah. So it's like mm-hmm. seven to eight hundred dollars to to store someone's sperm yeah, to like storage. host a software yeah. program for yeah. people to find yeah. it to have an employee. It's actually not. That's good. In my head, if it was like five grand, I'd be so angry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what was? <laughs> What was it about your sperm donor that you loved so much? I think it was just, honestly, for me, it was reading the interview questions. Um, He kind of grew up in a similar town that my husband grew up in. He grew up in a smaller town. Um, He just talked a lot about his family and how family-oriented he was and shared about, like, experiences with his siblings and his relationship with his dad. And that just really kind of stood out to me. Um, I'm very family oriented and so is my husband. So that kind of was a big factor for us. Um, For my husband, it was the fact that he was very athletic. He had gone to state for baseball, which my husband did too prior to his accident. Um, So that kind of was like something in common. Um, And my husband's family owns a farm and this donor's family also had a farm. So it was just like little things that kind of connected us and it just kind of fit and made sense um, that we would go with him. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. This is such an interesting conversation to have because I know it's it's obviously somewhat polarizing. I'm sure, you know, there's people listening that are like, I would never do this. There's people listening that, I, that are like, I would always do this. But it also brings up another polarizing conversation, which is nature versus nurture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting to like look at those things because I don't know, when you look at like, for example, like a, an athlete who's a baseball player, his brother could easily not be a baseball player could easily not be athletic. You know what I mean? So how, how, um, how true to heart or like how, you know what I mean? Like how much did you take that into account? I guess. 
Not a lot. I think it was more um, a comforting thing for my husband. Just, we've had a lot of conversations, and it's been a lot of me asking him how he feels about it because he's not able to pass his genetics down. And I think that, especially for guys, it seems like that's more of an issue and kind mm. of they take it more personally. So for me, I think right. when we were reading those things, it was more comforting to him, but a lot of it was just making sure that physical features were also the same. And our doctor um, actually required before we did the procedure that he and I um, visit a counselor. He requires that of all of his patients. And in there, the counselor was talking about how much we think genetics play in a child or mm-hmm. their environments that they grow up in. And Ooh, so, so what that is, kind of also brought up more conversation of like, do we really need to focus in on everything about the donor or is it more just the basics because like we're raising the child, like mm-hmm. we're teaching them the things that they need, not the donor. So that's exactly that how I feel it. about it. Yeah. So what was your consensus mm-hmm. after that session? The latter? Um Since I'm a teacher, I'm very proponent on that it's your environment that can cause a lot. I know genetics play a part in it. Mannerisms, who you look like, um, definitely play a role in it. You can see that in lots of families. But I'm, and my husband's a believer too, very much of that your environment plays a huge factor into how you grow up and who you become as as an adult, so... Knowing your husband, do you feel like he may ever go through a phase where he's disappointed that it's not his biological child? Yes. Um, We have had that conversation before. He has brought it to my attention, especially when everything was approved and we were given the green light to go. It became very real Mm -hmm. in that moment Um, because for years it was just a conversation or it was this test or that test. So it never really was official, but when it was, okay, you need to pick a donor, we're going to try this month on this cycle, that's when he kind of got disappointed. Or if family or friends that may not know we chose a donor, they like, oh, I bet he has your curly hair, Uh or I bet he has your, that, I can see that it upsets him, but I think he knows that this is how we have to have a family and this is what we both want. But at the end of the day, it's okay. But yes, there has definitely been times where he's been disappointed about that, especially with just the way he was raised. He's from a small town, like the family name, that kind of thing plays a part in it. So I think that's what occasionally upsets him. Did you guys ever consider adoption instead? Yes. Um, we both have talked about adoption. Um, that's something that I've been interested in as well. And I think since he, we had that conversation that since he's open to adoption, that we would love that child, even though it's not genetically either one of us. So he said, how could I not love a child that's genetically half you if I'm willing to do adoption? So that kind of is how his, his thought process was. But I know a lot of people that's still difficult, so they go with the adoption route instead. So when do you plan on telling your son, right? Or do yes. you plan on or ever are, telling? Or are you going to? Um, yes, we. that was something that we had to talk about with the counselor. Um, we're both in agreement that 
we will talk about that. Um, we've gotten some great resources about how to introduce it to children when they're younger and then how to kind of explain it to them as they get older and, like, you know, understand where babies come from and all of that. We've kind of taken the approach that we're going to be very open and honest and that mm-hmm. our child will know that all families are different. Um, you know, my husband grew up with both of his parents. They've been married for 40 plus years. I come from a divorced family and I have step siblings, whereas he has genetically biological siblings. So like, we just really want them to know that all families are different and we have kept all of the donors information. And that's something that if the child ever wants to see and know their history and like how we did that process, we've kept all of that paperwork and I've got it tucked in um, a memory box for him. So that way, if he wants that information, then it's there and we will be willing to answer any of his questions. Yeah, you might as well tell them earlier because they're going to find out probably when they get a 23andMe when they're like 20 and curious. So you might as well get used to the idea. We have a story about that later in the episode, how somebody found out through 23andMe. My last question for you. Yeah. My last question is, are you currently telling like... I'm sure your family knows, but your friends and stuff, do they know that you use a sperm donor to get pregnant or is that more of like a, an inner circle conversation? Um, our parents know that we have done that and so do our siblings. Um, and then a few of our close friends that have known our struggle and what we've been dealing with, with infertility and insurance and all that, they know. Um, but, that's kind of where we've kept it for now. Um, we trust those people that they would never say anything to our child or make that known or use that against our kid or anything like that. We trust them because we want it to come from us. We don't want them finding out from a family member or a friend. Um, but any extended family or friends we're not around very often, we probably won't tell if they ask, of course, we'll be honest about it, but that's something that we kind of just kept close because we feel like it's not their business, but if yeah. they want to know, then they can ask. Whoa, that's it. I never even thought of that. That sounds like a Lifetime movie, like some like <laughs> wretched aunt, you know, like a yeah, mean like, aunt. I'm going to tell the just child. Like, tell, yeah, yeah, like I'm going to tell yeah. and it's like, shut the fuck up, Susan. Yeah. Like you're not ruining my child's parent. life. Yeah. It's like all playing out in my head right now. I didn't even think of that. You have to yeah. be extremely um, uh, like just very, it has to be very well thought out on like who you tell, I feel like because yeah. of that reason. Mm-hmm. Wow. And with him being in a wheelchair, we often get asked questions by strangers all the time randomly, yeah. like what he's That's able so to do rude. and not do. So we know it's so we know it's going to come up. We know someone will probably ask, like, how did you have a kid? But yeah. we just will handle that when it happens. <laughs> Got it. Well, we cannot thank you enough for coming on and sharing. And I, you know, I think we just think it's like so beautiful how, you know, there are resources like this out there. And in your case, you know, you, you are able to, to bring a child into this world. So super happy for you. And thank you for sharing your story with us and our listeners. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you guys are bringing this topic to light. It's very important. I think a lot more people 
go through it than what we really know. So absolutely. Yep. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 All right, all right, all right. Let's get our next couple in here. I don't know if they're together as a couple right now, like together on this Zoom. They may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have... Actually, this is such a fascinating podcast. so fascinating. All right, guys, we have another anonymous on the phone. Um, and she and her wife are currently trying to get pregnant through a sperm donor. Hello, anonymous. Hi. So I guess my first question is, so who's carrying the baby? Who's going to carry I the baby? Am. You are. Okay. Yeah. So first off, how did you guys decide you were going to carry the baby? Um, I have always kind of envisioned that I wanted to have a baby and my wife uh, just wasn't really in her cards, wasn't <laughs> something that she wanted to do. So it kind of worked out that's, in that way. That's an easy decision. Yeah, it was very easy. <laughs> but you so. wrote in your email that you want to find a sperm donor that has similar traits to hers so that, like, the baby is a, is a little bit of a reflection of both of you. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so when we're – we use Seattle's – actually, am I allowed to say this? Sorry. Okay, uh, we use Seattle Sperm Bank, so they kind of give a slew of different ethnicities. So we started there, and um, blood type you can pick. Um, and then once we were able to narrow it down, we were able to look at the the guy's baby photos. Um, so we were able to kind of say, okay, your your skin color looks like his, um, your your chin looks like his. So that's kind of how we were able to narrow it down even further. So it was, it was a cool process. I have a question um, that I'm just like so curious about. Let's say you wanted to um, go with a race that wasn't your own. Mm-hmm. Are there like other, did they talk to you about that? Are there like certain like additional procedures in place if that's the route somebody wanted to take? No, um, no one spoke to me about it. However, it's pretty easy. Um, you would just select that donor and all they really want is your credit card anyway. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. This is like so transactional and it's like human yeah. making. It's wild. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Don't even. And I just went for my last IVAF appointment today and it's, it's unfortunately very transactional. It's, it's. Uh, so it's what are you doing with IVF? Do, I, I'm just yeah. like, they're putting the sperm in you or. That is IUI. Okay. Yes. I know so, we've, we've clarified this a million times today, yeah. but I figured you would be using IUI. So yes, she has part, she wrote in the email that you guys went through IUI. You started doing this in January, uh, July, 2019. Have you moved on to IVF? Yeah. Where we just moved on. So I'm, uh, I have two more days of the shot. So I maybe have like eight more shots in the stomach to go. Wow. And then, yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how bruised I am. Oh no! Um, Why did you move from IUI to IVF? So I have a blocked tube. Um, surprisingly, so it's like already kind of being gay, and then having a blocked tube, you're like, oh man. Um, but <laughs> so the IUIs, we did six IUIs, and it just didn't take. Um, no idea why. Um, so we, so that's why we moved on to IVF. Are you using the same sperm from IUI to IVF? The We're using different sperm. So we have been trying since July, and we've used a different donor every time. Oh, so you oh, have like a list of your favorites, and you're like cool with which whatever one took. 
Well, it's kind of fun. It's like Russian roulette. It, it's <laughs> meant to be. It's meant to be. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it, it really is. But, you know, the hard part is you might find a donor. Like, I think our first donor that we tried, um, his baby photos looked just like Justin Bieber. Wait, so his baby I photos stopped. looked like baby Justin Bieber or yeah. adult Stop. Justin Bieber? <laughs> baby Justin Bieber. Like, oh, wow. They didn't never take. say never. I know. Damn. <laughs> so I was just beyond excited. Um, not <laughs> 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 oh, my God. That's so funny. I'm sorry. That's so funny. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, – but it didn't work. So, and then, hey, um, kind of the hard part is you may really like a donor and you may – want to try, you know, with his sperm a few times, but they run out. Like the yeah. Justin Bieber sperm ran out so fast. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> it was just like I we couldn't buy it fast enough. <laughs> was his more it. expensive than than other sperm? No, they're all the same. So for ICI, That's which good. is you have to put it on the cervix. Um they so for ICI you need two vials and then IUI you need two vials, which is fifteen hundred dollars. What's okay. ICI? Yeah, what is ICI? I, first I've heard of that. ICI. So have you ever heard like the turkey baster? Yeah. Yeah. But, I like, thought that was I IUI. thought that was IUI too. No, IUI is when they the doctor goes in through your cervix with a catheter and basically puts the sperm all the way through your uterus. Or not through, but maybe like right where the fallopian tubes are. Mm-hmm. And they release mm-hmm. all the sperm. Oh, so it's Does a little bit more hurt? precise, I feel like, because it's going all the way up to the fallopian tube yeah. rather than the cervix. Yeah. So, so then ICI a, is the cervix. Sorry. Right on the cervix. So I, a lot of times, like, folks think of, like, you know, with 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 lesbians, they're like, oh, are you doing the turkey baster? Mm-hmm. And that's what ICI is. You do it at home. Um, it's not kind of, you're not like grabbing your Thanksgiving turkey baster. It's a little bit more like medical right. um, and it hurts a little bit. Um, but but yeah. so that's a more affordable version, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's head. much more so affordable. It was, you know, $1,500 a month versus I think the IUI wow. cost is like 4000 a month. Damn, that's still pretty wow. expensive, even just it's so much money. Like the turkey, but what, you can't effect. put a price. Yeah, I guess you can. I wanted to go back to one thing you mentioned, anonymous. You said I just got back from IVF and it was super transactional. I wanted to. I was hoping you could like open up more about that. Oh yeah, that process and, and why you feel that way. So we. So first off, you have the opportunity. So on top of paying for all your medication, which thankfully insurance helped me out on it, so it was only like a thousand for all my medication. Um, it's usually folks sometimes have to pay like 7,000, which is unfortunate. Um, and then, you know, the procedure alone, which is 6,000, right? So my doctor was kind of talking to me about genetic testing, which is, it's actually incredibly important because even though I have no, uh, chromosome mutations in my family, um, it doesn't mean that a mutation may happen, which could increase your chance for miscarriage. And that costs another 5300 which I just paid for today. The genetic <laughs> like, testing? What? Yeah. Oh, and then I geez. also just learned today that I only paid for like stage one of IVF and there's a stage two, which is the egg transfer mm. and then all the medication for that. So I was a little shocked. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. So did you guys ever think of adopting? Oh, yeah. Um, We have thought about it. And the reason we didn't go for that first was I wanted to give my body the chance to conceive. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, 
even if they like harvest, let's say my harvest date, or not harvest date, but my egg retrieval date is Monday. So even if they pull out 20 eggs, yeah. there might only be three viable ones that are good or even maybe Damn. one. So as yeah. soon as we run out of those eggs, we're going to adopt. Okay. Okay. When people yeah. say miracle babies, it's like, it's like such a true term when you yeah. think of like, all of these things people have to go through, all the money you have to spend. It's like, it's very unfair in a way. I think that's like what I'm feeling right now. (laughs) It's really unfair because if you don't have the money to do this stuff and you can't. And even adopting is expensive. So Mm -hmm. either way, it's pretty expensive. Yeah, Yeah, either way. So what you brought up before that I thought was interesting was getting similar blood type. Like that's something you don't really think of. Everyone's like, oh, the kid's attractive. It's going to be smart. But like, also if you need to like donate a kidney or something, you're going to want the same blood type. Yeah. So no, crucial. absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, it's, there's so much, I mean, as, as hard of a process as this is, you are kind of blessed in a, in a tiny, tiny bit where you are able to kind of create the little human the best you can, I guess, you know, in a, in a same sex situation. So that's why blood type was something we definitely wanted to think about. Like if my wife needed anything, maybe, you know, if I can't help her, she, he or she, you know, the, the kid can. Yeah. You talked about baby pictures, Justin Bieber, baby pictures, but were (laughs) you guys interested in what the guys looked like as adults? Oh, I wish we could see them, so but we can't. So interesting. Depends on the bank, I guess. Maybe depends on even the state. My, because um, we had a, a sperm donor earlier in the episode, and he said that the moms that have used him got to see his face. Really, his adult oh, face. Hmm. Yeah, that would. Be and nice. he's a cutie. <laughs> <laughs> I have, um, I have, I have a stupid question because sure I don't know. So I hope it doesn't come off ignorant. Can you, can can you make a child with your sperm, your wife's sperm, and the donor? You mean the wife's egg? I mean, your wife's egg, sorry, and the donor? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we actually, you know, my, well, I always told my wife I never wanted to do IVF because it's so much. We're already like 17,000 deep, right? Jesus so Christ. I always told her I never really wanted to do IVF unless I was using her egg and putting mm-hmm. it in me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was pretty like, you know, affirmative in her stance where she just, that's not in her, in her avenue of life. So, yeah. but yeah, you definitely yeah, that can. It's like everyone had a part kind of. Oh yeah. Everybody, right. But like you guys wouldn't want to use your egg for one and one child and then her egg for another child and use the same donor. I guess. That'd be cool. That'd be, that'd be that nice. would be so cool. I would love yeah. to do that. She is just like a hard no. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I understand. Wow. <laughs> it I seems wish. very painful so what you're going through. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Not fun. Have yeah. you had any um <laughs> like what have you been feeling emotionally? Are there days where you're like, oh, why did I choose to to be the pregnant one? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um surprise so I have been on like fertility medicine, just of all sorts of doses the past year. And surprisingly, these hormones, I've been the most stable. Like the, so the first stage of IVF, it's a two month process. The first month you have to be on birth control, which obviously I've never been on birth control. So being on birth control, I was, I was messed up. So Hmm. thankfully I've like, my hormones have somewhat recovered from that birth control, but that was the worst part of this entire journey for sure. Very interesting. And you go on birth control. So like when you stop, like the eggs will flood 
Is, that's my dumbass mind thinking. <laughs> it's, and yeah, well, no, 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 no. You're totally good asking that. I feel like everyone has asked me that. It's mostly to prevent any cysts from growing on your ovaries. That's what I'm told because I had that same question. And I was like, okay. don't worry. I'm not going to get accidentally pregnant fertility doctor. Okay. Like, <laughs> 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 okay. So when we were talking to the sperm donor earlier, he said that he's in touch with a lot of the moms, um, that he's given his contact in info out just so that like he used the example if the kid's not talking by the average age they can reach out and be like so when did you start talking do you guys think that you'll have the capability if this this embryo takes uh to to get to know who the father is and get his contact and would you even be interested in speaking with him probably not like that's not really something i think it almost muddies the water a little bit Mm -hmm. It's almost kind of you're bringing so many different folks in um, Mm. and I almost don't I almost just want to have a firm line up front. Um, The sperm bank that we have, the the donors are allowed, I guess, when the kid turns 18, they're allowed to reach out to the to the father. Mm. Mm -hmm. So but yeah, I probably wouldn't. I would just let the kid talk whenever he talked. I wouldn't care. (laughs) Right. Yes, that makes sense. All right. The last question I want to ask you is you mentioned the importance of the letters in the sperm donation selection process. Can you Mm -hmm. explain what the men said in these letters that made you choose their sperm? Yeah. um, So one of them, so some of them are incredibly heartfelt where they pretty much kind of how do I explain it? They're almost like, it's like a rite of passage. They're saying like, here's my sperm, please, you know, whatever kid you have, like, hopefully you're successful, love it. You know, it's a really beautiful Mm. message where others kind of gave me that impression that they are going to reach out or they're kind of forcing either their religious views. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, is that allowed? It was a very subtle and it was kind of interesting because we really liked that donor and I was trying to, you know, roundabout ways trying to convince my wife to still go for it. (laughs) But it just, I don't know, those letters can really either touch your heart or, you know, rub you the wrong way. So we didn't pick that that donor. Um, Mm. Yeah, that would freak me out that someone would come and find the kid eventually. Be like, it's mine. Yeah, yeah. You never know how crazy people could be. They could like, put a lawsuit on you, turn, steal all your money and your child. Oh, I know. And also nowadays, yeah. lifetime movie and again. Me, right. Like I said, we've all seen lifetime movies. Yeah. And, and with 23 and me, like, I think we're, they're bound to obviously connect with the donor, you know, probably between before they're 18. But I think it's just, yeah, knowing either that the donor already seems connected with that. I don't even know how to call it that vial. Mm-hmm. this was a little uncomfortable absolutely yeah. totally understand yeah. all right well anonymous it's been a pleasure thank, thank you, you so for much. sharing your story with us yeah yes, thank you for thank having me you. thank you good luck good luck <laughs> wish yeah. you the best <laughs> rooting for you <laughs> bye thank you. bye bye all right shall we get our last guest in here this is the child of a sperm donation but she didn't find out until she was 
a little bit older. I don't even know if her parents were ever going to tell her because she found out through a 23andMe kit. Wow. So this 23andMe thing, is a, this is like a full circle podcast. I know. Isn't this perfect? God, we should have had so the sponsor perfect. by 23andMe. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Hello, Anonymous. Are you on the line with us? Hi, I'm here. Hi. Hello. So we got, we got a glimpse of your story in the email, but we'd love for you to, to share it fully right now. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of long. So sorry in advance, everyone. (laughs) Um, Go for it. Like a little bit of background. Um, I'm 27 and I found out all of this about two years ago. Um, Like Ashley said, when I did a 23andMe test. So um, my family is really open. Um, we, We like to make a lot of jokes. We're super like you know, friendly about everybody's history. Like multiple people have been divorced and have separate kids from different marriages. And it's just like not a weird thing for our family at all. Um, so my, my twin sister and I, we'd always heard growing up that like my parents tried to get pregnant for a really long time, um, like six or seven years. And then all of a sudden it was a miracle. And my mom was pregnant with both of us. Um, and then there's this also this family joke that, when we were only a few months old, she found out she was pregnant with my brother. Um, and he was definitely an accident and we've always like teased him about that. Um, and when she found out, she was like, okay, my dad needs to get fixed now. (laughs) Like no more accidental children. Um, (laughs) so that's kind of the background. Um, so basically just to say like neither of us ever had any question, any reason to question like whether they were our real parents. And we also yeah. really look similar. Um, mm-hmm. And then my twin sister, who I'll call her Sam, um, we both have always been really curious about kind of like our ethnic makeup since we've always heard like, oh, yeah, you're just a blend of a bunch of different Europeans. And we may or may not have some Native American in our history and um you know, we may have a little bit of this, we may have a little bit of that. So uh, we decided to order the 23andMe DNA test kits just to find out. Um, I also mm-hmm. heard from somebody that different, like siblings in the same family can have different percentages of their ethnic yeah. makeup. So we were like, wow, we're identical twins. I wonder if it'll be different. Um, so we sent those in, um, didn't even think anything of the list of relatives other than um, my dad has nine brothers and sisters and they're really not close at all. So we were like, Hey, maybe we'll find a cousin or something out there. (laughs) And um, Sam got her results in like a week or two before mine. And she showed me why did you take two? Because she just said that some people can have different percentages. That's so weird. Okay. That's like a whole other podcast. Because Actually, I remember when you did 23andMe yeah. and when you're like, we only need to do one. And I'm like, that's so dumb. So you're How telling can you me think that I could be more Italian than Lauren is? Yeah. Because you got more weird? dad's yeah. traits or something? I that, still think it's weird. That's, is it weird that I think the opposite? Like, everyone's different. I don't know. That's so weird. Like, They're the maybe same percentage, I am more so Italian how- than Lauren. And that's why I'm like dark. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you literally you don't even. Lauren's like, definitely more Jewish twins. than me. That aren't the same. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's it, a like, whole other podcast that we have. Yeah, to it's delve a whole into. other podcast. You can keep going. We can sponsor twenty three and me there. <laughs> I mean, Sorry, it is continue. super weird. Like, if you think about, like, like you said, if you have darker skin than your sister, like, you probably do have more Italian. 
And we were like, yeah. well, we're twins. So does that even, does that the same thing? I don't yeah, know. Especially since you're twins. Okay. Continue. Sorry. So what did your sisters show? So we do have different um, percentages, which is weird because we're identical twins. twins and yeah. it says we share a hundred percent of our DNA, but it'll be like, you know, French is 12% for me and like 15% for her. God, that is- Doesn't that go back to like the genes that are, sh- that show up versus the genes mm-hmm. that are in your makeup? This is a whole yeah. new podcast episode. I can yeah, tell. sorry. Okay, yeah. let's let's go back to the sperm donation. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, so um, my twin sister got her results a couple weeks before I did. And um, you, there's an app, so you can get your results, like, right to the app. And it has, like, your relatives and different traits about you. You can do a health test also, and it tells you, you know, what you could be predetermined to have or not have anyway. Um, she was like, look, we have all these relatives, like by DNA, but I don't recognize any of these names. Like, it doesn't seem like they're related to us or, or anyone we've ever heard of. Oh, and my, my dad, gosh. Yeah, and my dad has a really uncommon last name. So, basically, anyone with our last name, like, we've ever met is like, oh, you must be, like, my fifth cousin or something. Um, and then I got my results back, and my name didn't appear in her list of relatives, and she didn't appear in mine. So we were like, this whole thing is stupid. It's it's not accurate. Like, we yeah. know we're twins. Like, we're literally clones. Like, we should be in each other's relatives, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then I realized they had some kind of, like, sh- privacy setting, like a information sharing or something. Like, it defaulted to be turned off. So I had to turn it on, like, in my, in my 23andMe settings. And then, bam, I was in her relatives and she was in mine. So we were like, okay, well, maybe this is actually okay. accurate. Um, so since she had gotten her results back a little bit before me, she had gotten this message from somebody who just went by two initials. It was JB. And it was like, hey, this sounds crazy, but I think we're half sisters. Um, I was conceived oh by gosh. sperm donors, so we must have the oh same dad. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Holy <laughs> Shit. Lifetime movie. Were you guys like having chills up and down your body, feeling like you're gonna shit your pants, like all of a sudden, like your heart drops because you you realize that No, you probably were like, No, that's a different person. I wasn't (laughs) conceived by a sperm donor, right? Honestly, it was a little bit of both. I was like, first of all, you're insane, JB. I don't know you. Like I know my dad, so sorry. But then I was also like a little bit sweaty and like, you know, shaky because you're like, Maybe it is true. Um and then me and my sister, literally, she's a teacher, so we, we got one of her whiteboards out, and we, like, drew this little diagram, like, maybe our dad's a sperm donor. Maybe this other guy's a sperm mm-hmm. donor, and we're all okay. related through this. And, you know, we had a little, like, spy mission trying to figure it out. Um, of course, we couldn't because, like, there was nothing to figure out because, like you said, our parents never told us anything. Um, and then we had, uh, we saw some pictures of J.B., and we were like, wow, she looks like our dad. So maybe our dad was a sperm donor and he just, yeah. you know, never brought it up because maybe my mom didn't know. You know, maybe he was like in a tight spot for money. I know you can like get paid for doing that. I don't know. Like she looks like us. We look like our dad. Maybe, maybe it was him. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple months went by and then we'd just been you talking You guys with didn't her call too. your parents immediately? Sorry to interrupt, but you didn't call <laughs> okay. your parents ASAP? 
No. Um, no, because of what why, she just honestly. said. It's like, what if her dad didn't even tell her mom? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Yes. It's like such it's a delicate, delicate You can't just like be like, are, are you my father? Like you're on board. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what we would do. Yeah, that's what Laura and I would do. <laughs> that's traumatic. Yeah. Our dad had been married before my mom and like we always knew about oh. that and like they basically, his first wife and him divorced because she didn't want to have kids. And then she like literally cheated on him with his friend and got pregnant, even though Whoa. she told him. Yeah. So we were like, maybe it's really sensitive. We want to figure out yeah. more before we talk to them. Okay. 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 So then when did this conversation with them happen? Um, well, we we found another half sister through the app and she was also like, you guys are crazy. There's no way this is possible. Um, I look just like my dad and we found, we saw a picture of her dad who looks like my dad's brother, which we were like, Oh, what the heck? Maybe there's some truth to this. Um, so yeah, long story short, we were like, okay, well we have a brother who we've obviously believed to be our full brother our whole life. So if he was like this accidental miracle baby, um, he's probably related to my dad biologically. So if he does the test, and he shows up as one of our half siblings on 23andMe, then it must be true because we don't share the mm-hmm. same father. Um, and 23andMe can can show you like how you're related to different people through like a haplo group, which I don't really know mm-hmm. what it means, but they can basically mm-hmm. say you're related on your mom's side or your dad's side. And all of these half siblings had showed up on our dad's side. So we were like, if our brother comes back only related on our mom's side, then like, it's clear like our dad's not our biological father so we had him take the test. process of elimination yeah, you guys are like mary kate and ashley detective <laughs> movie so um my brother's test came back and it showed him as our half sibling related only through our mom so we were like holy shit our dad's not our dad what's happening these half sisters that we've been talking to like they were right we do all share the same dad like what is happening so now that we had the official answer, we were like, okay, we really can't like keep this from our parents anymore. So we sat them both down and talked about it. And it was weird because my mom definitely tried to deny it at first. She was like, well, <sighs> what makes you think Aww. that? I'm like, um, literally like scientific evidence. She was like, well, according <laughs> to who? <laughs> like literally scientific evidence. <laughs> this sounds like a Kardashian episode with Chloe. Yeah, like Courtney being. Yeah, like Chloe. Yes. Oh no! Like, why would I make this up? Like, this isn't like a fun thing to lie about. Like, it's literally yeah. like it's true. Um, so we had this really like long conversation, and our mom was super upset because she's like, "We were never going to tell you. It doesn't matter." You know, family is who raised you, blah, 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 which we agreed with. We just wanted to, we didn't want it to be like a weird elephant in the room where all three of us kids knew and we never brought it up. Um, Yeah, because if she's like, oh, that's so something your dad would do, you'd be like, is it? Or I don't know, like little jobs or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I really, really look like my dad, Um, you know, who I thought it was my dad. And uh, I have all these things in common with him. Like we have the same sense of humor and like, I'm super tall like him. So we always have made those jokes like, oh, you have your dad's like huge head and you're a giant like your dad and stuff like that. She was like, can we not stop making those jokes? Like, I don't want to hurt his feelings. And he was like, it doesn't hurt my feelings. 
but um, yeah, finally the truth came out, and oh, and that's that. So, do you know if your parents chose? Obviously, they chose that sperm donor because he looked enough like your dad that you would never suspect. Well, it, I was I'm 27, so I was born in '93, and um, at that time, you or at least maybe it was just the agency they went through. You couldn't pick the actual donor. Um, I don't know what kind of testing they did, but basically a couple would go to this agency and say, we're having trouble conceiving. We want to do IUI. Um, Can you choose a donor for us? And then the agency collects people, um, has all their like medical background. And I don't know if there was a matching thing where it was like, oh, this guy looks like this person's supposed father. Excuse me. Because the guy must have looked like one of my half-sister's dad, too, because my dad and her dad look really, really similar. So I don't know if that happened. I mean, my mom said, like, we literally went to the agency. We were like, we want to do a sperm donor. We want to do IUI. Um, Can you match us with somebody and let us know? Like, it was completely anonymous. Like, she never knew his name. She never knew his picture, his history. It was like she literally had like a serial number that correlated to his identity through the agency. And that's all she ever knew. Um, and they signed NDAs and everything so that you never could find out. But that was in the nineties and nobody ever thought that 23 and me would be like available to normal people. So yeah, now I'm one of eight half siblings who in the past two years we've, we found, um, my sister and I found six other people who share the same sperm donor father. Wow. 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 Well, I think things have changed since the 90s because it seems like the guests that we've had on have been able to see pretty much uh, everything about All those sort of traits, like those kind of, yeah, at least Mm -hmm. get to know a a gist of what their kid will end up looking like. But I'm glad that you look like your dad in a way. And um, I mean, yeah, it worked out. Crazy story. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Yeah, thanks for coming on. That was a wild. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love the podcast. (laughs) Oh, thank you. We'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 All right, guys. Well, quite an interesting. I loved Ashley. I loved it. So good. So good, Ashley. So fascinating. When. Ashley came up with this topic. I was like, have we not done this before? I just feel like we've done so just much done, surrounding. Like, egg donor, which we is haven't really egg done donor, egg donor. Bringing, but we've, we've done, done egg freezing. Egg freezing. Um, that's in, it's such a good podcast. Yeah, surrogacy. Yeah. All right. Fascinating. Well, very, very interesting. Thank you so much out there. And I'd just like to remind everyone to join our Facebook group if you've made it this far into the podcast. And if you don't, then you're missing out. Because yeah. we're going to do something yes. very, very special on there. Very big. You're going to know about it immediately. <laughs> and, and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. And follow the I Don't Get It podcast on Instagram, too. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Did you know that everyone has an aura? Do you know what color your aura is? Maybe you have a fiery red personality or a quiet and calm blue or green. You could be an organized and methodical yellow or an explosive purple. Come join me, Mystic Michaela, on my podcast, Know Your Aura, to find out all about how your personality can be explained in colors. I don't get it. Podcast.